is with a song like this one. And now, the fabulous Bentley Brothers. <laughs> you can't turn on the TV today without seeing a courtroom show with a celebrity judge, just the judge in the way, deciding who takes on the dough. But long before television, yeah, people used to live without it. God sent celebrity judges to Israel, and there's a book about it. It's called Judges, that's the name. The subject and the title are one and the same. Like a book about Heather called Weather, or a book about Heather called Heather. Who's Heather? She's my cousin. Oh, and that's her name. Yeah, but who are the judges? Well, you've got Othniel and Ehud, Shamgar and Shamgar and Deborah, Gideon and Tola, Jair and Jephthah, who could forget about old Islam, or Elon and Abdon, and the most famous of them all, that long-haired dude named Samson. He was strong until he got a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Samson is a hairy goat. Yes, like Hercules or the Incredible... All right, all right. <laughs> uh, the judges, the period of the judges, it's a great time in Israel's history for stories. It wasn't necessarily the best time in their lives. For like 400 years, the people had a tendency to stray away from God whenever times were good. God would send someone to punish them. They would cry out to God, and then God would send a judge or a deliverer. The book of Judges mentions 12 judges by name, but only two of them are really stars of the book, Gideon and Samson. So today we're going to look at the story of the life of Gideon. Next week, that long-haired dude named Samson, all right? Well, Gideon, the story opens when the Midianites, they, these were raiders who rode on camels, would come into the country Every year about harvest time, thousands of them, they would march across, they would ride across the, 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 the river, they would go into the cities, they would steal all the food, they would steal all the animals, sometimes they would steal kids. The people were scared to death every time the crops would come up, in would come the Midianites again on their camels. And so the people started hiding. They would dig holes. They would look for caves. They would go any place they could to try to, 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 to live in the midst of this horrible situation. For seven years, this happened. And these are the people of God who were hiding in holes in the ground. And they began to say, wait a minute, what's wrong here? Why is this happening to us? 
Well, God sent a prophet. We don't have his name. But the prophet came and said, The God who gave you this land, the God who brought you out of captivity, the God who promised to bless you, also warned you that if you disobeyed him, you would be punished. Guess what? You're being punished for being bad. Well, apparently, some guy named Gideon didn't hear that message. Because one day he was out hiding from the Midianites in a wine press. Now, a wine press is like a hole in the ground that's maybe got some bricks around it. And when they wanted to make grape juice, they would throw grapes in there, take off their sandals, and go squish, 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 squish. You know, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? Run those grapes all through their toes and make grape juice. Well, that's how you made it. Now, when it came time to make bread, they would take their wheat, they would harvest it, you know, it grows on a long piece of grass, I guess, and they shake them all together in the wind, and the wind blows the, the, the husks away, and you get the kernels of wheat that you make bread with. Well, you do that up on a hillside, someplace the wind can blow. Well, Gideon had taken what wheat he had and gone down in a hole in the ground in a wine press because he was afraid of the Midianites. The wind couldn't even blow down there. He's down there sneaking around trying to get enough wheat to make some flour to make some bread. Well, God sent an angel to visit Gideon. The angel came and sat under a tree overlooking the hole in the ground where Gideon was, and the angel said, the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. Now, what's Gideon doing down there? He's not fighting. He's hiding. And he says, the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. And Gideon looks up and says, what? What? He says, God's not with us. I'm hiding in holes. What happened to that, that God who, who our fathers told us about, who, who did all those miracles and did great things and, and saved his people from their enemies? The angel said, God is with you, O mighty warrior. God will deliver your whole nation from the enemy with just one man, if you'll have enough faith to do what he says. And that's you, Gideon. Gideon says, excuse me, me? I'm the youngest in my family. My family's a bunch of nobodies. I'm definitely not brave. I'm hiding down in a hole. What do you mean you're going to deliver it to me? The angel said, I, I said it. Gideon says, I'm not sure I believe you. I'm not, because the angels really don't flop around with wings. You know, you, you can't tell it's an angel all the time. This is just some dude sitting under a tree. And so Gideon said, can you do a miracle for me? You know, can you do a sign that will make me know that, that what you say is true? The angel just kind of sat there a minute. And Gideon said, well, don't go away. I'll go get you some lunch and, and, and give you time to think about a miracle that will convince me, okay? So Gideon went back, and, and he, he made a gyro sandwich. Yeah, it, it, was, it was, you know, like sliced lamb or goat and some flatbread and some sauce. He fixed that all up and brought it back out to the angel. And said, okay, here's lunch. You can stay now. And the angel said, no, angels don't eat. I don't need to eat that. Let's make an offering out of that. Put that on that rock over there. And so he opened up his gyro, put the meat out, put the bread out, dumped the sauce all over it. And then the angel took his walking stick. And he reached out. Whoosh! 
fire shot up from the rock, ate up all the gyro, and the angel was gone. Gideon goes, oh, man, that really was an angel. I've seen God. I'm going to die. Now he's scared to death. God speaks and says, hello, you're not going to die. i got a job for you to do. In fact, peace, brother, peace. Maybe God didn't do it quite like that. And so Gideon says, oh, peace, I like peace. So, so he, he, he built an altar, and he may have made it like a big peace sign. Or he called it peace. And he celebrated the peace he was going to have now because the angel didn't kill him. But, you know, sometimes we say there's peace, but it doesn't mean we can just sit there and do nothing. Sometimes we have to do something to get peace. Sometimes we have to fight for peace. And God said, i got some work for you to do now, Gideon. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to go into your own backyard and tear down that horrible altar that your dad built to Baal and that big totem pole sitting next to it. Get your dad's prize bull and a younger bull and knock them all down. Build an altar to worship the true God. Chop up the totem pole. Offer the younger cow on that and we'll be off to a good start. Go do that. Gideon says, now? And he said, yeah, today. Gideon goes, no, the angel said you're a mighty warrior. The angel said God would be with you. That you could defeat the Midianite armies as one man. But Gideon goes, I'm a little afraid to go in my own backyard and tear down that altar. How about I do it tonight when no one's looking? When everybody's asleep. So he got ten of his buddies. They were actually his servants. And he said, all right, tonight we're going to sneak in and tear down that altar. We're going to chop down the totem pole. We're going to burn the cow on it. And, and God's going to bless us because we're worshiping the right God. That night they all slipped in. They did exactly what God had told him to do. And then they snuck back to bed. Next morning, all the people from the city came out. And they really loved to go to uh, Gideon's dad's place, Joash's place, and have parties around that big pagan altar. They got there and it was gone. It had been chopped up, burnt up, and there was an altar to God there. And they're going, whoa, what happened here? Where's our party spot? And they start asking. Well, apparently one of his ten buddies squealed on him. They found out that it was Gideon who did it. They went up and they knocked on the door of Joash and said, send your son out here. We're going to kill him for what he did. He tore down the altar that we want and that we worship around. Joash said, don't you touch my son. Don't you touch my son. If you do, I'll kill you. In fact, if Baal is really a god, and he's really upset because my son tore down his altar, let Baal take care of it. Let Baal solve it. Let Baal kill my son. Well, obviously, Baal was a what? He was an idol. He was a false god. He couldn't do anything. So Gideon did not have to be killed for doing what God told him to do. Well, Gideon didn't know what to do next until the Spirit of the Lord came on him. And he said, okay, it's time to get the army gathered together so we can get rid of these Midianites and Amalekites. And he blew his horn, he sent out word, and soldiers came from all over the nation and gathered around Gideon. And then Gideon looks around and he goes, whoa. We got a lot of guys here. In fact, they had 32,000 
32,000 soldiers. And he said, hmm, I understand that the reports say the Amalekites have 135,000 soldiers. And Gideon got scared again. He said, Lord, uh, I'm not really sure I heard you right. I'm not really sure that I understood what the angel said. So, so how about I give you a little test to prove to me what I'm supposed to do? He said, you know, every morning when we wake up, there's, there's dew on the ground. You know how it's wet in the grass? He said, how about I, I take a big fleece or a, a sheepskin and I lay it out on the middle of uh, a threshing floor, you know, where they're supposed to do the wheat. And when I wake up in the morning, I want the ground to be dry, not wet like it normally is, but I want all the water to be in the fleece. And then I'll know, Lord, that you're going to be with me when I attack the Midianites. So he went to bed that night. I imagine he was up most of the night thinking, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? He gets up. He walks out there. Sure enough, the ground is all dry. The fleece is full of water. He picks it up and it's soggy. He wrings it out, fills up a whole bucket full of water. Now, you would think he would say, whew, man, God proved to me that he's with me because he put water in the fleece, right? But then he got thinking. Now, now wait a minute. You know, God didn't promise to uh, give me a sign. God didn't promise that he was going to make it. But I, I just suggested it or asked him to, maybe I didn't ask the right thing. You know, because actually, if you have a fleece that's full of water and, and the ground is wet, the wet ground is going to dry up first. So maybe it was just a natural thing. It wasn't really a miracle. So Gideon says, hey, God, don't get mad, but let's try it again. Only this time, let's flip-flop it. This time, I'm, I'm going to go to bed. When I wake up, I want all the ground to be wet and the fleece to be dry. Then I'll really know that you're the God who says I can whip these Midianites. He goes to bed, wakes up, guess what? Guess what? What? Yeah, 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 yeah. The ground is all wet and the fleece is dry. Gideon says, okay, guys, we can do this. We can do this. God has proven to me that he's with me. He got the soldiers all moved over to, to, to where they could kind of look down in the valley and see all the Midianites down there. And uh, there's a lot of Midianites down there and all their camels. Their camels were like ancient tanks. Some of them had one hump. Some of them had two humps. They're all over down there. And Gideon's looking down there and going, whoo. Okay, guys. God says we can do it. I put out the fleece. It must be Okay. We're going to have our work cut out for us. There are only 32,000 of us, okay? Uh, and there's uh, 135,000 of them. That means each one of us has to kill four soldiers. But we can do it, right, guys? They're all going, yeah, 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 yeah. They got all pumped up. Ooh, 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 ooh. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. You know how guys get, you know, when they're playing football and stuff? You girls don't know that. Well, they're getting all jazzed up. And they're getting convinced, yeah, we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. And then God speaks to Gideon and says, you got too many men. What? What do you mean we got too many men? Every one of my men is going to take out four of their men. God says, no, 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 no. If you guys win, you all are going to go, man, we're tough soldiers. We're better than those old Midianites, man. We can take out four of them. So uh, God says, no, no. If, if you win, you'll take the credit for it. So tell all your soldiers, if anybody's afraid, they can just go home. 
And all these guys acted really tough, you know. But when Gideon says, well, if any of you are afraid and want to go home, you can go home. 22,000 of them went home. And they left 10,000. Only 10,000 soldiers left. Now, wait a minute. 10,000 against 135,000? Quick math. That means every soldier is going to have to kill 13 and a half soldiers? <laughs> okay, come on, guys. We can do it. They get all pumped up again. We can do it. We can do it. Raw, raw, raw. You know how guys are. All right? They're getting all pumped up, and then God says, well, guess what? You got too many soldiers. Uh, if you win even 13 to 1, you'll think you did it on your own strength. So I'm going to do a little test. I want everybody to go down to the spring and get a drink of water. And then I want you to separate out the soldiers by how they drink. What? Well, they go down to the water, and 300 of them kind of just kind of squatted down like this. And they reached down with their hand, and they got a, a handful of water. They brought it up to their mouth, and they went, like a dog. 9,700 of them got to the water. They go, oh, man, we're hot. And they fell flat on their face. They knelt down. They stuck their head in the water. They drank. And ah, they were refreshed. And they all lined up over there. So they had 300 over here who drank like dogs. And we had 9,700 of them who just enjoyed the water. And Gideon's thinking, okay, I guess I can do it with 9,700. And God said, okay, we've made the choice. The 9,700, you all go home. We're going to win this battle with 300 soldiers. Gideon's freaking out. And then God says, well, well before they leave, ask the other soldiers to, to give you their provisions. And, and so they, 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 they gave them, not their swords, they gave them their trumpets and their water bottles. Now, their water bottles were a little different than our water bottles today. They were bigger, and they were made like a, like a pitcher, like a, a pot out of clay. And so they said, okay, I'm supposed to keep a water bottle and a horn. Cool. Now what? Gideon says, this will work. This will work. We're going to take them. God said, take them tonight. And then Gideon's looking around, seeing 300 soldiers with water bottles and horns. And flashlights, well, torches. And Gideon's going, okay, God, you said we can do it. And God said, hey, if you're a little bit afraid, Gideon, I'll tell you what I'll do. You sneak down into the camp of the Midianites, and you'll hear something that will give you courage. So he took his servant, and he snuck down over the ridge, went down into the valley to where the campfire was. And as he was there, he heard the soldiers talking, and one of them goes, man, I had the craziest dream last night. I dreamt that a barley loaf, like a, a biscuit, started rolling down the hill, and it bumped into our tents and knocked them all down flat. Go figure. What does that mean? Does that mean we ate too many biscuits and gravy last night? What does that mean? The other guy goes, oh, I know what that means. That means Gideon, the sword of Gideon, is going to come in here and destroy us all. And they're freaking out. Gideon goes, yes. Oh, man, he couldn't wait. He ran back up the hill. said, okay, guys, we're ready to go. God's going to give them the victory. He's going to help us win. We're going to whip them all. And they said, well, how are we going to do it? He said, well, this is the plan. We're going to divide you up into three groups. 
three groups of 100 each. We're going to circle around the valley. I want you to take your torch, light it, and then put your water bottle over it so you can't see the light. All right, hold that in your left hand, kind of like this, and then have your horn in your right hand. And then you just do what I do. So they circled around all 135,000 Midianites with 300 guys with flashlights and horns to do what I do. At midnight, Gideon says, now when you see what I tell you to do, you break the water bottle, you hold up the light, you blow the horn, and you say, a sword for the Lord and Gideon. Can you say that? A sword, come on, a sword for the Lord and Gideon. Okay, all right, all right. They're all waiting. Gideon looks out. He holds up his his torch with the pot over it. He's got his horn in his hand. I don't know how he did all this, but he's holding it somehow. And all of a sudden, man, he goes, whack! He smashed the pot. It crumbled. And then he held up his torch, and all 300 of them did the same thing. And they blew on their horn and they said, what? A sword for the Lord and Gideon. A sword for the Lord and Gideon. They kept yelling it. And and all the Midianites down there were freaking out, man. They thought hundreds of thousands of soldiers were ready to swarm down the hill on them. Because most soldiers don't have a horn. A horn is a symbol or a signal for the rest of them to come. They figured... The hillsides were full of soldiers. And God got them so upset and confused, they started killing each other. And Gideon and his men just stood there playing taps for all the dead soldiers. Wow! What a story! What a story! God had done what he said he would do. And you know something? God always does what he says he'll do. Now, sometimes we don't believe him. Sometimes God tells us to do something in his word, and we say, oh, I don't think I can do that. I'm too little. I'm shy. I'm this. I'm that. We make excuses like Gideon did. And then if there's something really important, we say, well, God, give me a sign. Let me put out a fleece and show me that's what you want me to do. Now, sometimes God does give us signs. But there's a problem with that. God didn't say he would always honor the signs that we came up with. And Gideon figured that out. He's the one who put out the fleece. He's the one who said, God, make it wet, make it dry, whatever. And God did it. But he didn't know for sure. He still needed more encouragement. He needed to hear the word of God to know what he was supposed to do. And I think that is really important for us to remember. Because sometimes we're always putting out fleeces. Moms and dads, we tend to do that. We want God to give us a sign that we should do this or do that. When he's told us in his word what we're supposed to do. Now, sometimes he gives us signs. But we don't even know if it is a sign or not. Especially if we say, make a sign. This is the sign I want you to do. And it happens, we go, whoa. And then we start second-guessing ourselves because we're afraid. But, you know, the Bible tells us we're to walk by what? Faith, not by sight. We don't do what God tells us to do or, or told us to do because he has proven over and over and over again we've got to do it. No, we take him at his, at, at his word and we just obey him. And if he says we can take down the enemy by ourselves with his strength, we go out there in the battle and we do it. 
If He tells us that we need to, to do those things that honor Him, whether we want to or not, we just do it. We don't need a sign saying, should I obey my mom today? Give me a sign, Lord. No, we just do it. Okay? That's what it means to walk by faith. Gideon finally learned that lesson. And I hope we've learned that lesson as well. And we talk about Gideon's fleece all the time. And, again, adults are really bad about this. Always wanting a sign, wanting a fleece. Forget the fleece. Just walk by faith. Do what God told you to do. He'll honor His Word. He will do what He says He'll do. We walk by faith, not by sight. Gideon learned a lesson. I hope you've learned it too. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for Gideon and for the lesson that he learned, a hard lesson. We pray that we've come to understand better how we know what to do. Because you tell us in your word what to do. We don't need signs. We don't need miracles. We don't need fleeces. We just need to know what you said and we trust you. And by faith, we find the victory that comes through Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.